The reading is taken from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. This can be found on page 1063 in the Church Bibles, or you can find it in the service sheets. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. Zachary, we're going to sing a carol that picks up some of the... Um, this second reading follows on, so starts at verse 9 as, and is still on page 1063 and on the service sheet. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace, in a place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. Well, good morning friends and a very Merry Christmas to all of you. My name is Jack. Merry Christmas to those out there at the side. Merry Christmas to you behind me. I'll try and address you as well a little bit. And up the back as well. Wonderful to have us all here this morning. There are so many wonderful things that you could be doing on Christmas Day. There are so many good things I hope that you do get to do on Christmas Day. But all of us here this morning have made the best choice that we could have. Because the very single best thing we could be doing on Christmas Day is to be here in this room with Jesus' people hearing about what his birth means for all of us. And to help us with that, I'd like to have a little bit of an end you.
is my contribution to the decorations of the church. This is my slightly less glamorous, perhaps. You can at least turn the flashing off. That might be less distracting. Whoop, there we are. There we are. Lights. Now, lights is one of the things about Christmas which makes so much more sense to me now since I've moved to the UK. I've been in England for about a year and a half now. Where I come from, back home in Australia, Christmas is still a big deal. It's a great time. We still love lights. But lights make a lot less sense. Because in the middle of summer in Christmas in Australia, it doesn't get dark till about 9 o'clock. And we are, our family, we love to go out for a drive and go in front and find some houses and put a lot of effort into their life and put on a big display. But the problem is you've got to wait till after dinner, you wait till after bedtime, it's 9 o'clock, we're out driving around, it's too late for the kids, it's too late for me really, we're all grumpy, we go home in a tantrum, it doesn't work at all. But now that we're in England, this week, a few days ago, we headed out in the car about 4 in the afternoon, we got to see this beautiful display, we still make it home in time for tea, it's perfect. Lights make sense because here we have darkness. And it's only in the midst of darkness that you need light, isn't it? There is something very fitting in our excitement about light at Christmas. Because Christmas ultimately is a message about light and darkness. It's no secret that at times our world can be a dark place. Maybe for you, while everyone else around you is excited, Christmas can be a time that intensifies the darkness. Maybe it's a time that brings loneliness with it. A time that brings reminders of the, the strife or the breakdown in your own family. Maybe it brings an acute awareness that someone who was with you last Christmas is not there this year. And wider across our world, many people are feeling the crushing darkness of our world in all kinds of devastating ways. It's hard not to think of those in Ukraine and Gaza facing up to the world's darkness for a week and for years. And it's possible we can ask in the midst of all that, where is God? God, what are you doing? Why don't you stop these things? Are you there at all? And if that's your question, it is so good that you are here today because we need the message that Christmas gives us. It's a story about how light has come into our dark world. As hard as it might be to believe sometimes, God has not left us in the dark. Because Jesus Christ, the light of the world, stepped into the darkness on that night 2,000 years ago when he was born. The night that God showed up. And this morning in this Bible passage we just read, we're going to see a little about what that story means. As we read those words from John chapter 1, you might have been thinking, this doesn't feel like a normal Christmas story. The story that you would have heard if you were here for our wonderful nativity service last night, the story of... Joseph and Mary going to Bethlehem, you can see the display over here. Donkey, no space, baby born, laid in the bed of straw. That story is a very raw, very human story. You can almost imagine the sticky feeling of sweat from the long journey, the earthy smell of the animals feeding trough, the sound of the woman crying out in labor. Very human. That is the true story of how Jesus came into the world. But it's also only one side of the story. There's another side to the story, a heavenly side. And John's Gospel gives us a deeper look into God's side of this story. And we find out more about what this birth, this baby, tells us about God and why that matters for us. So what is this God's side of the story? Well, for that we need to have the help of another one of our presents. And 
Those who sat in the front get the, the first message. I'm going to come a bit further down the middle. Oh, we have a, a willing helper already. There we go. You're, you've, you've blocked me off. Okay, well, we've got no first time. Can you give me a hand helping with this one? There we go. What have we got? We have a board game. We have Scrabble. One of the classic games. I wonder if anyone this morning opened a board game in your presence. Perhaps playing a board game later on is the, the plan for Christmas afternoon. We certainly would like to get into that today. One of the things about Scrabble, why it's particularly important for today, is this is a game about words. In fact, too small for you, but I can read. It's a little tagline on Scrabble. It says, every word counts. Well, in our Bible passage today, there's a word that counts, perhaps, even more than most. As we get into it, this is actually a very special Scrabble set where it's got jumbo-sized letters. So Sheila's going to come and help me. I asked someone very tall to come and help me. So Sheila's going to help me have a look at this. This is going to help us understand what this God side of the story actually says. Well, they just keep coming. There you go. What do these letters say? God became man. That's the God side story of this Christmas day in a nutshell. Thank you, Sheila. We can pop that down there. God became man. What happened at Christmas is that God left heaven and stepped into our shoes. John's Gospel, chapter 1, begins by introducing to this character called the Word. Verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And the Word is this title given to Jesus. John wants us to know that the story of Jesus didn't start that night when he was laid in a manger. The story of Jesus didn't start when he was conceived by the Virgin Mary. Jesus' story goes way back, further than anything. The Word was there in the beginning. Long before the first Christmas tree was planted, long before any reindeer was born, long before there were any stars in the sky or even a sky to contain them, there was Jesus. There was the Word. He was with God, and if that weren't scary enough, John also tells us that the Word was God. Which is a little perplexing, isn't it? We have God and we have the Word, and He was with Him on the one hand, and the very next phrase, the Word was God. John tells us that Jesus is God and that He's also in some sense distinct from God. They're both equated and distinguished one from the other. And if that boggles your mind, let me assure you that you're not alone. We've had 2,000 years of people being, having their minds boggled. Mine too. There's lots more I could say about that. We're far more than we can this morning. But let's say at least this. The very first thing that the Apostle John, who knew Jesus and saw him, the first thing he wants you to know about Jesus in his book about him is that the God who Jesus points us to is far more deep and complex than we could have ever imagined. And that's a very important point if you're ever feeling skeptical about Christianity. Because if you or I were going to decide one day we wanted to invent a religion and make up a God for people to worship, would you make up a God who makes no sense to you at all? <laughs> if you could invent any fiction you wanted, why would you start with something that's incomprehensible and immediately makes people go, what? But this complex God who John reveals to us, this is an idea that doesn't even fit inside our human minds, which is a signal to us that this is an idea that wasn't created by human mind. This is the truth about the infinite God, which he himself has revealed to the world. That's who this Jesus is. He is the word who was with God. He is the word who is himself God. 
And John tells us what went on to happen next. This God, he became a man. Down in verse 14 in our passage, you can follow along on the handout if you want to see these words for yourself. 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The eternal God became flesh. He was born with a real flesh and blood body like yours or mine. The Creator entered his creation with bones and muscles and ligaments, as well as taking on all our human frailty and weakness. This is what happened at Christmas. We've just sung about it in O Come All You Faithful. Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Jesus to thee, be glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh, appearing. And he didn't take on the flesh of a, a warrior or a powerful athlete, but the flesh of an infant. Imagine for a second a, a little newborn cradling his little body, feeling the barely noticeable rise and fall of his tiny chest. Is there anything more vulnerable, more dependent? And that is what the almighty creator of the world chose to become. If you'd been there that day, 2,000 years ago, you could have held God, the one who holds the whole world in his hands, would have fit inside yours. Amazing. God became man. And that raises a question for us. Why? Why would the eternal God become a baby? And for that, we had our last present, and I've, I've helped out those at the front of the room, so we might come a bit further down the back. I'm wondering if there's anyone who's out the back who might be willing to help me out this. I actually promised my children they could help me with, so I should really help them out. So we'll come down here for Oscar and Hyde. Can you guys help me open this one? Can you help me open the box? There we go. What have we got in here? Binoculars. Check this out. Oh, this is awesome. We have a pair of binoculars. I'm going to take the lens caps off. Because these, man, you can see everything with these. I can check out the, well, look at the detail in the stained glass window. Very nice. The doors open. Go check that out. You know, binoculars are amazing. You can turn these to the heaven. You can see the moon. You can check out the details of the craters on a good night. You can even see the planets. You can even see God. I'm just going to scan the heavens. Hang on. Well, the roof's there at the moment. But even if I could, you could scan the sky for as long as you wanted. You could keep scanning the heavens all day. And you'll never find God. He's not someone who we can find on our own. See, the, the, the Bible here in John tells us that as well. Down at the end of our passage, we find out, verse 18, No one has ever seen God. Not even with the most powerful ones you can imagine. You're never going to find Him no matter how long you keep looking. But if you want to know why Jesus came down at Christmas... He tells us here, verse 18, The one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, he has made him known. You want to know why Jesus came to us at Christmas? It's this. Jesus came to reveal God to us. To show us God. So that we could know what he's like. So that we could know him. If you were here on 2000 on earth 2,000 years ago, you could have seen God. You could have seen Him lying in that manger like the shepherds did. You could have seen Him growing up into adulthood, growing in wisdom. And more than just seeing Him in person, you could have seen what God is like. You could have seen the glory and power of God as Jesus transforms water into wine, as He gives sight to the blind, as He raises the dead to new life. You could have seen the wisdom of 
testified as he preached in the synagogue and taught with an authority no one had ever seen. He could have seen the compassion of God as Jesus reached out to embrace those who society had rejected. The bottom line is, if you are wondering if God is there, if you're wondering if God cares, then look to the baby in the manger. Look at what he grew up to do. God has revealed himself to us by walking among us. That's what happened at Christmas. God's son became a man. Why? So that we could know God. And so as we come to an end, the question for each of us is, how are we going to respond to what God has told us about himself here? Now that God has become man so that we could know him, what are we going to do? The words before us give us two options. Have a look at it with me from verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. There's often one. Even when Jesus was on their doorstep, not everyone who heard that God had come to make himself known wanted to know about him. Some didn't receive him. Some didn't welcome him. In Jesus' life, he faced opposition the whole way through, even to the point where his opponents wanted to kill him. Our world is that kind of dark place where even when God shows up in our doorstep, part of us doesn't want to know him. And that darkness isn't out there. That's a problem for all of us. That darkness is in each one of us. But thanks be to God that he hasn't left us in the dark because the light has come into our world. And John says that there'll be some who do come to this light. Verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The baby born at Christmas grew up to die on the cross for the sins of the world. And this is the wonderful promise that Christmas holds out to every single one of us. If you receive Jesus, and welcome him and entrust your life to him, you get to be a child of God. See, Jesus may be the child at the centre of the Christmas story, but he's not the only child in the Christmas story. Each one of us, you and me, God became a man to offer you a place in his family too. A chance to be welcomed into the family of the one who made you, one who knows you better than you know yourself, and still loves you. So tonight, as you look out across the street and you see the Christmas lights twinkling in the dark, remember that God has not left us alone in the darkness of our world. He's not left us alone with the darkness that is in our hearts. At Christmas, the true light came into the world. And He's calling you to receive Him, to welcome Him, to trust Him, to come and let us adore Him. He is Christ the Lord.